You are listening to a sermon brought to you by Shatner State Chi Alpha. I pray that this sermon will bless you and teach you something new today. And you can find a link to our website in the info. Check it out and shoot us a message. We would love to hear from you. The implications of this sermon is very out of my comfort zone as far as what I typically preach. And so um, I'm, I'm really nervous about this one because it's God's really stretching me with this sermon. And so... Um, with that, I'm kind of nervous, but at the same time, I'm excited. And so if I get ahead of myself, I'm sorry. I'm just pretty pumped for, for this week. Um, I was watching a, a YouTube video of Sean Bulls. Do you guys, any of you guys know who Sean Bulls is? Just one of you? Totally check him out. Dude, is a, he's a pastor uh, to Hollywood. So the church he is at, the church that he pastors, is actually in Hollywood. And so they get a lot of actors and celebrities that attend his church. Um, horribly, horribly hard place to open a church up because the population that is atheist and non-Christian is extremely high. And so um, the average church in that area fails within two years. And they've been there, I think, 17 years or something like that. Dude is walks in the prophetic. He's a phenomenal evangelist as well. Um, I highly recommend checking him out if you haven't. But I was watching this, this uh, short segment on YouTube of him. And he was talking about um, one time that he saw a demon in a hotel room. And it was a manifested visual. He could actually tangibly see the demon with his eyes. And so he's looking at this demon, and this demon is just pulling out every stop, just absolutely trying to wreck him and, and distract him and, like, being super creepy. And, and like, I, I'm not even going to go into the details because it, it gave me the chills a little bit just hearing him explain this demon that he tangibly saw with his own eyes. And long story short, he said something absolutely profound. And he said, demons attack when the glory of God is about to break out. If you're being attacked by a demon... You should be looking for what God is doing in your life. Because a demon's not just going to attack you and come in and just try to distract someone who's already distracted. If you're already not serving God and you're already serving your own agenda, a demon's not going to come in and distract you from that. And so a demon's most likely, almost always, going to attack when the glory of God is about ready to break out. And so long story short, again, eventually what happens is, Something hits Sean's brain, and he immediately just starts laughing, and he starts thanking, thanking the demon. And he's like, thank you so much, because I know that because you're here, God's about to do something tonight at service, or tomorrow at service. And he just starts, he just breaks down laughing. He's just like, I'm so excited, because I know that you're here, and you're pulling out all these stops. You're just no holds barred, throwing this at me, throwing this my way. I know that you're trying to stop something amazing from happening tomorrow night. And so I'm going to thank God right now for your presence because it's just reminding me of what God's going to do tomorrow night. That is just an absolutely awesome way to think about it. That when a demon shows up, it's not that you're doing something wrong or something like that necessarily. But more often than not, when a demon's going to possess or uh, manifest himself, it's because he's trying to prevent something from happening. My mom used to get attacks from demons, and one day I told her, I was like, what you should do is wake her up in the middle of the night. I said, what you should do is, if it wakes you up, proclaim out loud, thank you for waking me up. I get to spend a little bit more time with God now, and then go read your Bible and pray. And she said the demon attacks almost stopped immediately because a demon doesn't want you getting closer to God on his behalf. And so if a demon is attacking you, just thank it because it's trying to prevent something trying to distract you from something that God wants to do. 
<clears throat> that does come into play in this because even if God doesn't send it, he can still use it. Even if God doesn't send it, he can still use it. And anything can become a weapon. Anything can become a weapon in the hands of God to do his will. God can use anything to show himself glory. So turn in your Bibles to Joshua 1. If you don't have a Bible, it will be up on the screen. All right, Joshua 1, 1. <clears throat> After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give him to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised to Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea to the west, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will pro be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? I found when God says, do not be afraid, it means something is coming against you, which should naturally cause you to be afraid. God wouldn't say, do not be afraid of the puppies coming to say hi. Like when God says, do not be afraid, be courageous, he's saying something's going to come against you, which is going to make you be afraid and make you want to quit. God says, instead, do not be afraid and be courageous. Do not be afraid and be courageous. Sometimes I feel like we forget the magnitude of what really happened in Scripture. Sometimes we become so obsessed with taking the Scripture and then applying it to our life and our applications that we forget and we lose the magnitude of what it meant within its context within Scripture. Now, I'm not saying don't take Scripture and, and use it to help inspire you and help you get through things. But what I'm saying is, first, take a look at the magnitude of what it represented in Scripture before you apply it to your life. Because this situation right here, I know it sounds cool. It's like, oh, cool, do not be afraid. Be courageous. I can get through things. I'm, I can do this. I can get through this test. I can do this. Um, I can get through this class. I've, I've got something big coming up tomorrow. Work's going to suck. Be courageous. Yeah, it's, it's still good and it's still powerful for your life. But you still miss out on the magnitude of what is happening here. Because Joshua leading the Jews into the promised land isn't exactly equal to you asking out a crush. Like this is a huge moment in history and God is saying, do not be afraid. And like I said, it's not bad that we personalize the scripture and apply it to our lives to better ourselves. But like I said, we first need to take it into context to recognize the magnitude of what's going on. 
God told Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Even in the face of all the people that they would have to fight in order to inherit the promised land. Like there was a lot of people that they had to go and battle with. And Joshua is getting ready to set out to battle with a generation of people who have known nothing other than eating manna in the desert and sitting around all day, every day. Their food was literally provided for them by God. They didn't even have to be farming. Like these guys just had it as far as being able to be lazy. No, it's not the promised land. It was a desert. And yeah, that makes it hard. Er, But literally they ate manna. God dropped down daily rations every day for them to eat. This is the generation that Joshua is taking them and saying, hey, I know you've had your food provided for you. I know you've had a kind of a life of comfort in the hardships of the desert. And I'm going to take you and I'm going to take you to war against these nations who are already battle ready, who are giants among men, who are bigger, faster, and stronger than us, who outnumber us 10 to 1. I'm going to take you. And we're going to conquer this land because God promised it for us. And they're looking at all of the the disadvantages and God saying, be courageous, do not be afraid. I know it looks tough. I know it looks hard. It's going to be hard. And so instead, I'm asking you to not be afraid. To choose to not be afraid and instead be courageous. I think it's appropriate that God starts out with Joshua saying, hey, you've got to be courageous. Don't be afraid. Remember what I have promised you. Remember that I am your God and I have promised this to you. And I am guaranteeing that I'm going to deliver this to you. You are my chosen people. This land will be yours. First and foremost, before he even gets into the battle plan, before he even tells Joshua how he needs to do this, he's starting it out with, remember me. Remember I have made this promise to you. Don't lose sight of this promise for you. Don't be afraid. Be strong and be courageous. And that's exactly where Joshua stood. But the thing is, this isn't the first time that Joshua has been presented with his enemy and had to make a decision. This isn't the first time within Scripture that Joshua saw the land that was promised to the Israelites or to the Jews. In fact, this is the second time that he's coming face to face with these people. And this is actually the second time that God is telling Joshua, do not be afraid, be courageous. So let's turn to Numbers 13 in, in your Bible. Because Joshua had been here before. Joshua and Caleb had been here before. They'd been in this situation, facing the enemy on the verge of receiving what God had promised and having to trust in God. Numbers 13, starting in verse 27. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land in which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. 
The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone with him said, We can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We see the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. So I'll give you guys a little bit of context as to what's happening here. This is prior to Moses and the Jews going into the land that was promised to them by God. And so first and foremost, Moses takes 12 people, and he sends them out, and he calls them the 12 spies. They send out the 12 spies to check things out and come back and give some feedback. These 12 guys go out, and they get a report. They look, they find out what's going on, and they come back, and they deliver this report. And what's going on here is Joshua and Caleb were faithful to what God had shown them, but the other 10 came back because they were afraid, and they realized how big and powerful this land was, how big and powerful the people were of this land, how daunting of a task was before them. And they were beginning to put the calculations together. They were starting to think, hey, there's no way we can win this war. Let's save our people. Let's save our families. Let's save our kids. Let's make sure none of us die. In that way, we won't go into this battle and just get destroyed. And Joshua and Caleb are stopping and they're saying, no, this is God's promised land. This is the place that God promised us. We can do this. So like I said, this isn't the first time that Joshua was face to face with what was coming. And so what happened was the 10 spies slandered the land. They slandered not only the land, but they slandered God's word along with it. Because what they're saying is, yeah, we recognize how amazing this land is. God told us this land was going to be the place of of milk and honey. This place was going to be phenomenal. We recognize that it's phenomenal. But instead, we're going to sow discord. And we're going to convince the people that this isn't the place that God was promising us. This isn't the time that God was promising us. And this isn't our fight. And we'll live to, 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 to fight another day. So instead of coming back with a report of, of what God asked him to report, they came back and they slandered the promised land and they slandered God's word. And so as a result, the entire nation, the entire Jewish nation was made to wander in the forest for, or in the desert for 40 years. They were at the verge of what God had promised them. And instead they chose to be afraid. And as a result, They were stuck wandering in the desert for 40 years. Almost an entire generation of Jews were eliminated because of this uh, this instance. Because they weren't willing to walk into what God had promised them. Because they were afraid. See, Joshua and Caleb were the two spies who came back with a good report. 
Joshua and Caleb were the two spies who believed that God could deliver what God promised. And as a result, Joshua and Caleb were the only two people of their entire generation who would eventually live to see the day the, the, the Jews would inhibit, inhabit the promised land. Because they were the only two that believed what God was saying, they were the only two that got to see it. Because they were the only two that weren't afraid, they were the only two that were courageous, they were the only two that got to see God's promise fulfilled. Man, that's powerful. Joshua and Caleb were the only two from their generation permitted to go into the promised land after the time of wandering. Because Joshua and Caleb were the only two who stood in the face of adversity and said, my God's bigger. Because of what my God has promised me, I know we can do this. See, the other spies were trying to talk Moses out of the thing that God had tried to bring them into. The people got so riled up that they even cried out to stone Joshua and Caleb. They just wanted to kill them for, for trying to, to rally the people up. Because Joshua and Caleb had the gall to say, the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of our enemies. How dare they say that? Instead, we're going to stone them to shut them up. See, we need to be cautious. We need to make sure that we never let our fear keep us from our future. And so how does that apply to you? You need to stop forfeiting your future for the fear of people. For the fear of what they might think about you. For the fear of what they might do to you. Because what it really comes down to is it doesn't matter. If God is with you, nothing can come against you. And God's calling you out to do something bigger than you and step into his promise. Because ultimately what we learn from this is that nobody can talk you into your own destiny other than you. So let's be careful here. Like I started out the sermon with, let's be careful here. Let's be careful not to shrink our destinies to include only our personal interests. Because your destiny, I'm taking a second and I'm looking at every single one of you, your destiny is bigger than you. Period. Your destiny is bigger than your GPA. Your destiny is bigger than your love interests. Your destiny is bigger than your diploma. Your destiny is bigger than your job. Your destiny is better, bigger than your future job. Your destiny is bigger than that career that even God called you into. Your destiny is bigger than that. 
Because your life is not amounted to a GPA. Your life does not amount to a job. Your life does not amount to a career. Your life amounts to so much more than that. And you need to walk into your destiny. Because your purpose, again, I'm taking a second and I'm trying to look at every single one of you in the eyes. Your purpose is to be transformed and conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Your purpose is to love God and love your neighbor. And that is bigger than you. God was telling Joshua, this isn't about you, Joshua. Joshua and Caleb, this isn't about you. This is bigger than you. You leading this people is bigger than just you. Your destiny is more than this. Your destiny is more than you. Do not be afraid. Be courageous. In Joshua 3, Joshua says to the Jews before the battle, he says, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. In the face of adversity, in the face of battle, in the face of, of what Joshua was getting ready to do, he was getting ready to lead the Jews into a war for the promised land. He was getting ready to lead people who had been stranded in a desert for 40 years, who had only been eating manna, getting ready to go into battle. And he takes a second beforehand and he rallies up his troops and he says, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Because Joshua saw the bigger picture. Joshua was seeing what God was seeing because Joshua was taking and listening to what God was saying and he was believing it. And nothing could have prevented Joshua from his destiny because he was stepping into what God had told him to step into and he was listening to God and he was doing it with courage. So what does this all mean? How does this apply to us? How does this apply to Chi Alpha? How does this apply to this night right now in this place? This is where I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I truly believe that God is speaking this over here, over us in this room. I truly believe this. I wouldn't be saying this if I didn't believe it. I truly believe that God is speaking this over us, all of us as a whole. Chi Alpha as a whole. Last week, I talked about how we are in this together. I talked about how in order to see change, in order to see growth, both in ourselves and within the body, we need to get uncomfortable and out of our comfort zones. And so what's behind this? What's the bigger picture? What's behind the scenes? What information are you missing? How am I going to tie this all together? This is absolutely awesome. This blew my mind. After I got done writing it, I was, just, I was just typing it away, and I got done writing it, and I went back and read it, and I started crying because of how powerful this next part of this sermon is. For years, even before I was the pastor 
of Chi Alpha at Shatter State. When I, before I was even on staff with Chi Alpha at Shatter State, before I was even a student with Chi Alpha at Shatter State, before I had even been saved through Chi Alpha at Shatter State, years ago, God has been talking about a revival that was going to go on on the Shatter State College campus. He's been talking about a revival that is going to spread from this campus into this city and then beyond. For years, and even more recently, God has been sharing about something big that's going to happen within Chi Alpha from the students themselves. For years, students have been coming to me and saying, Tanner, I really believe God's getting ready to do something huge. For years, they're saying, we're on the verge of God getting ready to do something through Chi Alpha. I could just feel it. That's what they're coming to me and saying. These are students saying this. And then for years, we've experienced a plateau. So why hasn't it come yet? Why has this been spoken for so long over Chi Alpha? Why has this been so spoken for so long over Shadron State College? And why has this been spoken for so long over Shadron? It hasn't come yet because when things have come against us as a body in the past, we got discouraged, we got divided, and we got disgruntled. Instead of walking into what God had been promising, we then backed away. And within a few short months, the body of Chi Alpha has completely turned over. The turnover rate of this body has been almost every year, it has been turning over and turning over and turning over. And what's going on is the body is getting discouraged, divided, and disgruntled. This body was afraid to pro proclaim the gospel on this campus. Fear has ruled this body for far too long. Fear has ruled Chi Alpha for far too long. And so tonight, God is declaring that your destiny is bigger than just you. Your destiny is bigger than just Chi Alpha. Your destiny is even bigger than the Shattering State College campus. Your destiny, you, and I'm taking a second and I'm going to look at every single one of you in the eyes. You, I am talking to you. If you don't think I'm talking to you, I am talking to you. I promise you, I am talking to you. Your destiny is to reach this campus for Christ. Your destiny is to spread revival onto this campus. Your destiny is to proclaim the gospel with boldness. Your destiny is to not be afraid. Your destiny is to be courageous. Your destiny is the promise of God. Do not be afraid. 
be courageous. Step into what God is promising, and you will get to see amazing things. So tonight, I'm going to decree the same thing over you as Joshua decreed over the Jews before they got ready to go out and conquer the promised land. I'm decreeing over Chi Alpha at Shattern State. Guys, if you will join me, if you will join my wife, if you will join our leaders, consecrate yourselves. Dedicate yourselves to Jesus now. Because for tomorrow, you will get to see the Lord do amazing things among you. Period. Your destiny is significantly bigger than yourself. And God is saying, I know doubt's already creeping into your guys' brain. You're already starting to get afraid. You're already starting to, to begin that process. And I'm going to remind you one more time God's words. Do not be afraid. Guys, we can't be afraid of this. We can't beat ourselves up. We can't look at the past. We can't look at the past and say, well, we haven't been doing enough. No, we're, we're right now. We're in this place. And God is saying, stop being afraid. Be courageous. Because God is saying that he, the God of the universe, is on your side. I'm looking at every single one of you again. God is on your side. If you will step into the things that he is asking you to do, step into the things that he is promising you, you have no reason to be afraid. And at the same time, not only will you have no reason to be afraid, you're going to get to see God do some amazing things. So instead of seeing tears in your eyes and seeing morose expressions, I should be seeing excitement. Get excited, for God is going to do some amazing things. Let's step into God's promises. Let's step into what God is asking us to do. And we're going to get to see some sweet stuff. Man, we're going to get to see healings. We're going to get to see miracles. We're going to get to be a part of what God is wanting to do on this campus. And all he's asking us to do is to be courageous and stop being afraid. That's it. That's all he's asking us to do. And we get to step into what God is promising us. So tonight as we close out, we're going to have one more song of worship. This is your time. This worship song is your time. As my wife gets it ready again. This worship song is your time. It's your time to, to walk into what God is promising, what God has already promised us. So if you guys will stand with me, and let's worship. So tonight, 
as we leave this place. Our focus should be what can we do to spread the gospel on this campus? We've already began seeing students step out and, and do things like donut outreaches. We've seen students stepping out and coming at 4.30 in order to pray for service ahead of time. We've seen students begin to step out. And so take a second. Take a second and ask yourself, what can I do? What can I do? Lord, what would you have me do? What can I do to step into my destiny? Before you go to bed tonight, pray and ask God, God, what can I do to step into my destiny? Because again, your destiny is bigger than even yourself. God will use you to do amazing, amazing things. And in return, what he's asking you to do is consecrate yourself, dedicate yourself to him. Do not be afraid and be courageous. Lord, will you help us? God, will you help us to be courageous? Will you help us to not be afraid? ISC would remind us every time we get ready to go and, and invite somebody to small group, invite somebody to Chi Alpha, invite somebody to accept Christ into their hearts. Lord, I pray that you would remind us to not be afraid. That you would remind us daily of our destinies. That you'd bring the story of Joshua and Caleb to our minds. That when we begin to get intimidated, we begin to get scared, we begin to get downcast and depressed, that you would bring Joshua and Caleb to our minds. That these two men got to walk into the promised land because they recognized that their destiny was bigger than themselves and that you were on their side. And instead of choosing to be afraid, they did not fear and they were courageous. I ask that you would constantly remind us of this. And I ask that you would constantly invite us to step outside of our comfort zones to do things that you're asking us to do. We ask for you, God, to move and to speak into our lives. We're no longer satisfied with the status quo. We're no longer satisfied with just being here and attending. Lord, we want to be a part of what you have in store. We don't want to miss out on the promised land because we were scared to step into our destiny. We don't want to miss out on what you have in store. We thank you, Lord, for, for what you have promised. We thank you, Lord, for a destiny bigger than ourselves. We love you and we praise you. And it is in your name we pray.